I got nothing. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for our cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How's it going, bud? You know, it's another week. It is. We are, you know, we're still living in uh, living in America. Living, yeah, living in America. There's a song Just about like that. A, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Might as well say it. We have a new president. We do. And um, Lady Gaga sang and Garth Brooks sang and Springsteen sang. And yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, they were all doing Jennifer covers. Lopez. There's also that. They were all doing covers. Is it covers for singing the national anthem? I mean, they didn't write it. I suppose that's true. A lot of, a lot of talk about, a, uh, about her gold microphone. It was shiny. I mean, yeah. I mean, that might be in addition to the stage presence for uh, either of our acts as a shiny gold microphone. I, I don't have one. I, I would, I, I could definitely see the upside of having one though. Sure. Okay. Shiny. Uh, other than that, how's it been going? You know, not bad. I will tell you, I, um, here's an interesting thing that I've combated some as a performing musician is tendonitis in my strumming elbow. Yeah. And I get it. You know, if you, if you get tendonitis on the outside, that's, um, tennis elbow. What I get is golfer's elbow. I don't golf. I just strum a guitar. And right. that's on the inside. That's the anterior side of the elbow. And um, man, have I had it the last few weeks. I've barely been able to lift anything with my right arm. And it's just starting to get better. Ibuprofen, staying out ahead of the inflammation is good. And then uh, my wife, who is a big fan of this stuff, has me now on turmeric. 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 Depends on who you are and how you pronounce it. it was, there is an R in it, but I don't hear it pronounced a lot of the time. Turmeric for sure. Turmeric. If you're going to yeah. pronounce every letter of it. Um, today was the first day I took. I took a thousand milligrams of it this morning and another thousand with dinner. And today's the first day I've gotten to 8 p.m. without my arm being in complete agony. So maybe it's doing something. Wow. I don't know. But uh, don't be an old guitarist, I think is the lesson. Yeah. I mean, if you can avoid it at any cost, yeah. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know any cost, but yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's a it's a rough thing, and it comes it comes from strumming guitars. There've been times in my gigging career where, like, I literally couldn't move the bass bin because it was my arm wouldn't work. It was it's bad. Mm. So, I've had a couple of weird ones, um, mostly on my left hand, not my right. Mm. Uh, maybe it's just based on the way that I I strum. But yeah, it's there's all kinds of weird things. My weird thing for today is that I um I did like forty minutes of yoga, Sweet. and in doing something, I stretched something like in my foot too far hmm. and like so the my foot just hurts like all the way through like the middle of it on the bottom i'm no yogi but that doesn't seem like how yoga is supposed to go well it's just it was the the what i was doing is i was le- i was leaning back hmm. and putting my body weight and had it uh, had my toes curled under because that's that is the position that you would be doing it and it's just too much flexion against you know the top of the foot so Something I'm not accustomed to doing, and maybe it just overdid it a little bit. Okay. It is what it is. It is. Try, try not to do that again, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's about all I can, all I can attempt. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, business-wise, not a whole lot's going on, you know? Here we either. had the one gig, and, you know, other than the promo around trying to keep it going, uh, there wasn't much else to chase down. New leads coming in. You know, we are, I, I think... Personally, like we're in kind of the dark season. For sure. Um, yeah, no outdoor stuff's not happening now. And yeah, it's all it's all turned down until spring at least. 
I mean, that's not to say that there aren't people playing out. There's plenty of people who still are. Yes. Um, I just can't find I can't find a scenario where I go. Yep, that seems like a a good idea. Yeah, I'm I'm I I can't get to comfort with it right now. Yep. Um, that is how I feel. So, yeah. So we'll just talk on a podcast. This will be <laughs> be how we be hey, musicians today. Is this has been my creative outlet yeah. by a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Over the past, you know. 12 months. Yeah. We haven't quite gotten to the part. I did find a, um, I, for those of you who follow me personally on all my social media, I, 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 I I decided to offload a bunch of gear. So, um, put a bunch of stuff on Facebook and Craigslist. And it's funny. I got an email on Craigslist from a person on my Facebook friends list who Mm. didn't probably didn't know who they were talking to, um, about, my drum kit because he was like, Hey, can, would you be interested in selling the risers that you put on your electronic drum kit? I was like, well, sure. But they're literally like furniture risers. I got them at target. <laughs> It'd probably be easier to do it that way. Oh, and then when I was like, Hey, that name sounds familiar. And I looked him up and of course we were friends. And so I DM'd him. Sure. And when I was looking back at some conversations we had had, I had said something in like December of 2019. I was like, man, got a lot planned for 2020. 2020 is <laughs> looking up. And I was like, how quaint. Yeah, we were so cute back then, weren't we? What are you going to do? Remember our first few episodes of like March that was like, wow, this is so crazy. Everything's closing. Yeah, I mean, what do you think is good? You think we're, you think these shows are going to happen? Seems like it's getting serious. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. meanwhile, now we're like, all podcasting, no gigs makes Adam something, something. It's like, <laughs> go crazy. Yeah. Don't, don't mind, mind if, if I, I do. do. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Simpsons reference. Because yeah. we're old. Yeah. Actually, my my ten year old loves The Simpsons. Sure. He's got he's he thinks it is amazing. Uh it's that and Bob's burgers, and I have to nice. always like we have to like pre screen the episodes. Of course. It's like, can you actually watch this? I don't know. They're dude. not all appropriate, but definitely had a couple of close calls. Yeah. yeah. We had two of them last night where I had to like turn them off. Huh. Like maybe he doesn't need to know what a transvestite hooker is. Mm. You know? Does he ask? No, it was just the words transvestite hooker came out and I was like, okay, probably next episode. That. Probably enough of that. <laughs> yeah. No, my seven-year-old will ask anything that she doesn't understand. She will. And she knows when I'm making something up. She She's like onto me about, you know, so I can't I get away with nothing. <laughs> uh, parenthood. It's fun. So uh, beyond that, we've got a couple of newsy things we can we, we can kind of delve into. You ready for the stinger? Um, well, yeah. I, so um, the main bit of the conversation is actually around um, some branding and some legal stuff. But before we get to that, you know, we we are in the midst of new gear alerts. So it is time for no name announcement. Such a good stinger. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good work. So this week, um, a whole new crop of announcements were, uh, well, I guess announced. Mm. And I would say that while last week, you know, I came out of stuff and I was going like, wow, there's a whole lot of really neat things and and a lot to talk about. Um, I ran into a bunch of stuff this week where I was just kind of like, okay. Mm. You know, there there weren't as many exciting things uh, as there were last week, but I did go through all of the announcements that I could like glean and, and found the things that I thought were, were pretty cool. 
And then also just acknowledge some other stuff because it's happening. So. Deal. Um, you know, the other big company that did a bunch of drops this week is Gibson. Yep. And if I'm being perfectly honest, nothing really stood out to me. Um, they announced a couple of signature models. Um, some of them like Marcus King and, 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 you know, there's a whole series of slash, uh, signatures, but not a lot that really stood out as being special or unique, you know, um, last year at last year's NAM, Gibson kind of came out of the shoot, uh, with a bunch of offerings and really like set the whole thing on fire. And then personally, I think who really stood out, uh, that year was Epiphone because mm-hmm. they basically re redid, retooled their entire product line and they've come out with some neat stuff. Um, I saw that they are re releasing the, um, Ann Wilson signature, which is basically like a, like a Nighthawk style and looks really neat, but again, nothing they haven't done before already. Um, the only other thing that kind of stood out with Gibson that I thought was, I guess worth talking about, I don't know if it's interesting per se, is that they have entered into some sort of partnership with Gene Simmons. And so they are releasing, I don't know if it's G2 or G squared. Uh, I haven't gotten enough clarity around the, uh, what it's actually the the partnership is officially called. Um, but they're apparently doing a whole line of Gene Simmons branded guitars through huh. the Gibson Epiphone and Kramer lines. Uh, the only ones that have been announced so far are some, uh, Thunderbird bases, which looked pretty cool, but, uh, again, nothing they haven't already done before. So just kind of a big meh from Gibson this year, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm going to, we're going to get some hate mail, but, I'm a little that way about Gene Simmons generally. He's a good business person. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the the thing that really strikes me is that Gibson, if you're okay, I'm going to put on my my Kiss super fan hat okay. for a little bit. Fair. Um, so forgive me. Yeah. Gene Simmons hasn't played Gibson guitars since the '70s um, when they were coming up. They were. You know, his, the, the guitars, they all played Gibsons. He played the Ripper, um, you know, Ace Fraley played, you know, the Les Paul custom that he was known for. And then Paul Seam was playing a bunch of different ones. He was playing Firebirds and, uh, the L sixes and a bunch of different kinds. But like since the seventies, uh, the bass that is most tied to Gene Simmons is going to be the ax. Mm-hmm. That's the one that like, yeah. When you think of Gene Simmons, that's the one that he normally plays. And if you're, you know, if you're a super nerd and you like, you're looking back to like the late eighties and nineties kind of towards the reunion, he had his own like Punisher base that he was releasing through like a, like a, I guess like a boutique brand, but I think it was being fulfilled by somebody else. But like him playing Thunderbirds is not something that is super well known. So Whatever that means, you know, I'm sure they'll sell some. Yeah. Uh, they wouldn't have gone into the process without it. For sure. I am a little curious to see what the Kramer side looks like because initially uh, Kramer was the company that made the original Axe bases. Oh. So maybe that means something, but who's to say? Who's to say? But yeah, the, the whole like aluminum pitchfork tuning deal, that was, that was a Kramer design huh. way back in the day. All right. So maybe that's it. But beyond that, not a whole lot coming from Gibson. 
Can I tell you who I am super impressed by? Please. You know, as far as announcements go and and guitars that I I saw that I was super impressed by, it was from a company uh, I wasn't really expecting to hear from, and that's Vox. Yep. You know, most of us think about Vox as an amp company, but, um, you know, from the 60s, they... Early on, they were yeah. they were a guitar company as well. Yeah, yeah. You know their their iconic design was the uh, the teardrop. Yes. Now um, we're going to talk in just a second. You you're about to get to how the fact that they've just brought out a really gorgeous new Bobcat, which is a hollow body yep. arch top um, with a big speed, it's gorgeous. I actually happen to be the owner of a 1968 Vox Bobcat, and oh, okay, it's not in fantastic shape. Uh, it plays okay, feeds back like crazy. It's like ungiggable, but um, boy, I do love it. I do love it. And it's, and it's, um, yeah, it's my only hollow body electric. It's a, you know, a d- distinct thing that I probably would never, yeah. t- never take out. Um, I played it in a gig in high school one time and it was pretty unmanageable. The amount of feedback it was, it was given me. Um, but I do really, really love it. It's a beautiful piece of history. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- the one that really stood out to me was the, the new, uh, Bobcat series, they have this, for the, the main thing is that first of all, they're all arch tops. Yep. They're very lovely guitars. Um, and they've added Bigsby tremolos to all of them, but they have this one in particular that is black on black. It is gorgeous. That is just like, yeah, so cool. Yeah. It's gorgeous. So if I was going to get one, that would definitely be the one that I would pick up. Yeah. And then the other one that stood out to me and I'm, I, I guarantee you I'm going to mispronounce this. I see it as the Julietta. Okay. I think I was it's, say it's G- spelled G- G-I-U-L-E-T-T-A. Julietta kind of sounds, sure. looks like what it would sound like. Maybe. Uh, they re- they're releasing two different models of that. The one that I really thought was really pretty was the VGA 5 TPS, um, which is a full arch top hollow body with no pickups. Yeah. But it has the, the there's like a pearl like a rose gold or rose finish and like a, like a pearl white finish. And they're just gorgeous. Yeah. They're just very, very pretty arch top guitars. Um, and it has piezos. It doesn't, it's not. Right. right. So apparently under the bridge, they've got this patent pending hybrid wood slash aluminum bridge. And it's got a super capacitor preamp system and a piezo pickup. So like, I, I don't know if they're going for like a jazz, if, if it's a jazz guitar or, it, or it's like supposed to be like an acoustic electric. Um, it it was not immediately clear from the images I saw. Uh, what was evident from the images I saw that it sure was purdy. It was purdy. Now listen, that's the VGA five TPS, the Gioletta mm-hmm. VGA five TPS. The VGA five TD looks to me like it's trying to be a competitor for our hybrid acoustic electrics because it's got this modeling thing inside it and this synth thing inside it that can produce reverbs and overdrives and acoustic and electric sounds. And, um, and those are fairly pretty too. I mean, not in the same kind of shiny colors, the white and the pearl, but, um, it's an interesting approach and certainly another, another step into that sort of slimline, easy to, easy to travel with and gig with sort of electric acoustic thing. Like the, like, um, you know, I use the acoustic sonic telly for, and, um, it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing that was interesting about it is that it, it didn't really take the acoustic-sonic approach. It kind of like they were going for like a jazz box yeah. kind of look. Yep. So yep. arch top with like the single pickup by the neck, like it, it looks more like a more traditional kind of jazz it, guitar. It does. So. It does. It looks, looks like a much, much more 
um, yeah, the, the, the craziness of its electronics is a little more hidden behind traditional design. Yeah. yeah. You know, we were talking last week about the Mishiman source signature kind of being like a, a sleeper, like a, you know, a Tercel with a V8 in it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what they were going for mm-hmm. there as well. Yep. But yeah, it, you know, Vox kind of coming out of the gate. There, there was a couple of other models they had. You know, they're bringing back the teardrop and a couple of other um, really cute old vintagey things. They're really neat. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully that's you know they have a good year and you know they bring back more stuff. You know, Vox's history is uh, rich, and um, you know their designs are iconic in their own unique way. Yep. And I'd really love to get my hands on one of those Bobcats just to see what it's like because it looks really, really great. Yeah. So moving along, the other, uh, a couple of other announcements that came out, um, were the, uh, the guys from music man, um, the music man models are not really changing a whole lot. They announced a few new finishes, uh, in the product line that they've already got. But the one that I was really excited about was the Sterling line. They have finally released a Sterling edition Mariposa, Mm. which if you're not familiar is the uh, signature guitar for Omar Rodriguez Lopez, uh, from at the drive-in and the Mars Volta. It is a, again, kind of like the St. Vincent. It is a very unique body style. Yeah. Reminiscent Uh, of the St. Vincent kind of angular in the same kind of way. Very angular, but like, I don't know where, where the St. Vincent kind of has a, a feminine kind of, there's some refinement uh, to the St. Vincent that, yeah. This one, I would say, is more of like a cubist approach mm. to a traditional design. I like it. So it's got cutaways. Yes. But it's more angular. Yeah. I, I think they look great. Um, the one that I was really stoked on is the Imperial Light one. Uh, that's, again, mm-hmm. I like white guitars. That's mm-hmm. right up my alley. And um, the the Mariposas are are beautiful guitars. And, um, you know, the fact that they have a Sterling line means that, you know, more people can get their hands on them at a more affordable price point, which, you know, for the guitar community is a okay. Big plus. Very good news there. Uh, the, you know, a lot of other announcements came out, not a lot of things that I was super excited about, uh, excited by. Um, I did see that ESP released a, uh, a special edition eclipse, which this with like this jawbreaker style finish. Hmm. So it's like white with like the, the red and the blue and the yellow, like a, like a speckled, like jawbreaker <laughs> looks. All right. Uh, I didn't see a price tag on it, but the fact that it's an ESP and it's made in the U S means it's probably yeah. Texas with a dollar sign. Yeah. Um, very, very expensive, but it looks really cool. And, um, you know, Charvel and Kramer announced a bunch of new models, mostly signatures, nothing super exciting there. Um, unless you're a big fan of snake Sabo, you know, his signature Kramer is, was released this year. Okay. Okay. Um, but as far as super shredders go, the one that I did see that I was pretty excited by, uh, was a company called Futone. Now, do you know who Futone is? So they're a hardware company, right? Mostly they're, you know, trams and blocks and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, their, their big deal is, um, basically dolling up Floyd Rose systems. Hmm. Um, but they have gotten into the guitar game. Now, uh, if you have followed them at all, they had started selling, uh, guitars on their website, which were basically aftermarket upgrades that they had put together. Uh, but they have now officially released their own line of guitars, which they're calling the foo pro line. Uh, I did go and check them out. They did have a like purple one with like a flamed maple top that was really, really Mm. slick. Uh, 
so they've got the the futone um you know signature bridges with all of the enhancements and you know it's got coil taps and all of the things that like basically you know their whole idea is that you would get a guitar and then you would go to futone and they would trick it you would trick right. it out with all that stuff right. the cool thing about these is that for around the same price point you're getting a, a guitar that's already got all that stuff so if you're a if you're into those kind of you know 80s style shred guitars uh, and you like to trick them out this is a pretty great option uh, because it's got all of the wild finishes and all of the enhancements that you would be looking for and at i think 1099 street is i i think is a fantastic deal yeah um, so i'm super I'm, I'm interested to uh to get my hands on one just to see what they're like so very cool those are the things that really jumped out at me i didn't see a whole lot of other you know wild announcements and you know knowing our luck Tomorrow, a bunch of stuff will drop and course. we'll look like a bunch of Well, we'll deal with it next week on our next No Nam Announcement. There you go. All right. I can give a quick update from the land of uh, Quad Cortex. Yeah. Uh, you know, DSP dropped the manual. It was yesterday, wasn't it? Yesterday, yep. Uh, or which is, day before. Which is something. fairly late for the end of a week ago. Well, it was, it, late. Was, it was it late. It was late. They said it was going to be it was last to be week. Released by the end of the week. Yeah, it was, and it was not released by the end of the week. Um, yeah. And I read through it, and it's um, it's UI is very reminiscent of Helix. Very reminiscent yeah. of Helix. Um, which, if you think about it, um, I don't know quite how you'd represent those things. That's not the way that Line Six did it. Um, sure. And I'm kind of gratified that my helix skills will translate into the new platform. That's a good thing. Um, but you know, excitement's starting to get kind of hot for this thing dropping and, uh, people are starting to get pretty eager. So yeah, it's, um, it's gonna be quite a thing. Somebody, somebody said, you know, um, I hope all these people who get the first wave of them are at least telegenic, um, because they're going to be doing a lot of unboxing videos. And my reply on that thread was I'm awful. You're going to hate my videos. (laughs) So, well, it'll go out regardless Absolutely. of, you know, how you appear. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Line 6 did a, um, not an announcement video, but they had a, um, like a forum video that they did for uh, Digital Nam, hmm. And they kind of alluded to there being a whole bunch of new products coming out the shoot sometime this spring. Hmm. Didn't say what they were, wasn't really alluding to anything like that, but... Well, you know, their partnership uh, with Yamaha puts them in a really great place to be dropping a lot of cool stuff. So, you know, that's all exciting. That's all exciting. I, I've been a Helix guy. I, I kind of re- resist the pull to be a guy of any sort, frankly. I think they're all really great tools, and um, I uh, I look forward to using lots of them. But if you're, if you're you know, looking to offload something on the uh, intelligence that something might be coming out soon. <laughs> now might be the time to, uh, That's true. to get on it. That's true. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know, for the last few, uh, you know, updates, people are starting to go, yeah, these, these feature sets are great, but it looks like we're having, we're running into uh, a bottleneck with the DSP. <laughs> so, you know, is this the, version 2.0 with double triple the dsp who yeah. who's to say? who knows who knows yep. not us it's for sure not now if you know line six wanted to reach out to us why 
Yeah, I mean, Frank, if you want to give us a little inside scoop, you know, I'll take it. We're 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 pretty we're pretty small beans. Steve Sterlachi and let's see, Rat Shawl or uh, even you know some of my some some logo guys, some some friends of mine uh, are a little higher up the Line Six Totem Bowl than we are. But you know, are we even on the Totem Bowl? I mean, hey, Frank shared our video. That's true. So that's not that's not nothing. Not nothing. So not nothing. We're not Pete Thorne, but it's not nothing. Nope. Anyway. Anyway. Let's let's get in some news. All right. So here's an interesting thing that happened, and it um, it hit the news. I saw it on uh, Loudwire.com. Um, it appears that the band Pearl Jam, the actual band, has sent a cease and desist to a tribute band called Pearl Jam with two M's. Yeah. And um, it's asking that they destroy merchandise and that they hand over email addresses and web domain domains and that they essentially stop using the name Pearl Jam with two M's. Right. And it just seemed relevant because, um, uh, you know, we talk a lot about branding. We talk a lot about um, sort of how all of that stuff works. And to, to think that as a cover artist or a tribute artist, the original artist could come and assert claims over your IP is, um, it's an interesting thing. Well, sure. Uh, I feel like this one is a bit of a unique situation. For sure it is. And, um, I definitely have some thoughts around it, but it, it, it does bring up an important, um, discussion around branding. Yes. And, um, you know, if we're getting into the legalese of it, trademarks and, um, what is and isn't enforceable yep. and what is, um, beneficial to the original band's brand and what isn't. That's right. So, um, in this particular case, I feel like the tribute band's in the wrong. Me too. Me too. And I feel like the, I feel like Pearl Jam with one M, mm-hmm. um, I feel like they had no choice but to do this. You know, one of the one of the things you a term you hear around trademarks is this term defending the, yep. the trademark. And essentially what that means is you ha- you have to take action if someone's IP out there starts to infringe on your trademark. Um, yep. and if you don't, what it means is you've abandoned the trademark and it's essentially gone and indefensible. So you have to mount a legal challenge or, you know, at least nominally in this case, to cease and desist sure. letter. It's not like it went to the court or anything, um, but it's an official legal document. It's a, you know, it, it means business. Um, and you have to do that if you are going to ever be able to be the only Pearl Jam in the world. If you don't do that, you risk losing the name completely and then, somebody could stand up a competing Pearl Jam and be Pearl Jam just as legitimately as you are Um, in the eyes of the law and trademark, probably not any other way. Um, So defending that trademark is important. And I think that, I think that um, the, the the reality is the tribute band was just too close. The the name was just too close. And the merch was probably, if I, if I were them, if I had thought I could get away with that, the other thing I would think I would get away with is having merch that's very similar to Pearl Jam's merch. Sure. Right? Brand, lo- logo treatments that, that's similar and art that's similar. I would have gone as close as I could to the original. Sure. Um, and so surely that's what Pearl Jam, the real band, is pushing back on. 
Um, and I think they're fully within the rights to do that. And I think as, as bands that do covers and tributes, we have to just be aware that that's, um, there is a line you got to walk. That's just not so close that you are stealing, you know, IP from the, the originating group. Yeah. And, you know, on, on one side, there is a bit of a, you know, there's a bit of a, what, what people would consider bad press on the side of the larger artist. Yeah. But, you know, there is, there's just too much, there's too much there that you just can't, ignoring it was not, was not an option. Right. It was not beneficial. Right. Um, they, you know, they, they were selling merchandise with the Stickman logo. Uh, they were using the same font. I mean, they were literally, they were doing as much as they could to look as close as they could. Um, and you know, the, the tribute bands argument, they, they released a statement that was like, there's not any way that anybody could confuse the actual band with playing at this particular place. Uh, you know, this club, they're they're UK based. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that they, they, they're too close. Too close. Well, and then they put out this letter that was like, oh, you've broken our hearts. We've loved you. We're huge Pearl Jam fans. And you've, you know, you guys are now jerks. And, you know, just generally speaking, if you're going to be in the business of doing music, make sure you keep the business business. Yeah. Like you've broken our hearts is the wrong thing. It's like the wrong response to a business event that doesn't go your way. It's just not, that's not healthy. Um, oh, and, or it's bad PR. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause this, this letter that they wrote, you know, your actions are out of character and unreasonable yet our love for the music endures. We sincerely hope that despite confirmation to the contrary, you're blissfully, blissfully unaware of the actions being taken in your name. You know, it's like this poor, downtrodden thief of a tribute band. <laughs> it's just yeah, very um, manipulative piece of PR, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, where they cross the line is the fact that they're using the name. Yeah. It's in the name. Um, they had gotten, the, apparently they had done this before. There was another group called Pearl Gem. So again, using the, same two words, too just close. slightly changed. It's too close. It's, it's just too close. Yep. Um, now, here's a contrast. Uh, in in my market, I'll go ahead and give these guys a shout out. In the Atlanta market, there is a Pearl Jam tribute called Jeremy's 10. Yep. And, uh, you know, they're a fantastic tribute and they do really well. And they're, you know, they play out quite a bit when there's shows to be had. Um, what did you find about Jeremy's well, 10? Man? You know, Jeremy's 10 is one of Pearl Jam's biggest hits. Well, Jeremy being the song and then 10 being the album that it was on. Right, right. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, If you Google Jeremy 10, what you find is the tribute band. You don't, it's like pages and pages in, you find anything about Pearl Jam, the original (laughs) band. And so, um, you know, they've, they've clearly done a good enough job of branding and SEO and all of that stuff to, to completely dominate that as a search term. Um, Here's the thing. Trademark law does not guarantee you good SEO. Your, your rank in Google is not promised to you by your having copyright on a term, all right? So sure. that's not a thing. Um, I'm fully in support of Jeremy's 10, 
having, you know, named it what they have and done the clearly amazing marketing and branding work to get that kind of Google positioning. Um, and the fact that they have not received a cease and desist, I think, says the whole thing about that. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the takeaway here isn't necessarily, you know, don't be a Pearl Jam tribute band. It's if you're going to do a tribute, make sure that you are, um, you're, you do the due diligence to make sure that you're not infringing on anything in particular. Because yeah. I guarantee you that any other major group that would be worth tributing, if you used their their name in any way other than putting in parentheses a blank tribute, right. uh, they're probably going to come after you. Yeah. Um, you know, just off the top of my head, if you were a Def Leppard tribute band and you named yourself Def Leppard, spelled D-E-A-F-L-E-O-P-A-R-D, like it's actually supposed to be spelled, yeah. you wouldn't last very yeah. long. Leonard Skinner, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, S-K-I, and it's, that's not going to go well. It's just nope. not going to go well. Yeah, plus, it's not you know, clever. I mean, part of the thing with a tribute band is your name needs to be some reference that's like, there's like a grand tradition to uphold here of clever, punny, referency tribute band names that if you're just respelling the original name, that's just not, yeah. it doesn't get it, you know? I don't think it necessarily has to be clever. I think it just needs to be familiar and, you know, easily associated. Fair, fair. I think to people who to people who love the original band, it needs to trigger some nostalgia about that. Right. Um, in An a, iconic in a way song of the artist. Yeah, uh, yeah. In a way that's kind of smart. Albums. Probably kind of smart. Um, there are some that are, I can't think of them sitting here right now, but some that are kind of kind of good puns or kind of good... Um, come to me later after we're done recording. Some of the ones I'm thinking of. One that one that's that jumps out at me is that there was a there's a Neil Diamond tribute called the Hot August Nights. Okay. So the, he had an album called the Hot August yeah. Nights, but there's a Hot August Knights. Like they are knights. Nice. It's nice. And they all dress like Neil yeah, Diamond, and it's nice. that's, the, that's the the deal. That's that's the joke. But like in my market, all the tribute bands are are typically using album names, song names. Sure. You know. Yeah. You know, the coolest one that I saw, and I'll, I'll shout out uh, Eric Hogan because he's a phenomenal tribute artist. He's got two tributes, um, one called Nevermind, which is a Nirvana tribute. Perfect. And then he's also doing a Chris Cornell tribute called Black Hole Sun, spelled S-O-N. Okay. So it's kind of like... Child of the... Right. Original. Right. Yeah. You know, I I I, I know that general purpose cover bands do a lot of thinking about the uniqueness of their name. I don't, I mean, how many Nirvana cover bands are there in just North America called Nevermind? Yeah. There gotta be dozens, right? Sure. Um, so that's interesting. I've never really thought about that before. Are they, are they, do they try to be unique within a market? You think? Yeah. I mean, I think with most of these kinds of things, it's the same deal with my band. There's multiple members only. Sure. Tributes. Um, there is one in Missouri that we get confused with all the time. And then there's another group that I think is kind of in the somewhere in the Northeast, kind of like, I want to say kind of Pennsylvania, Pittsburghy area. Uh, and I'm friends with them and they're, they're a part of, um, the Facebook group. Um, but the idea behind those kinds of things is that you are going to just be in a particular market. Yeah. And so in, Enforcing a trademark or anything like that is gets kind of difficult to do. 
I named my band the Clanky Lincolns, so it's uh, <laughs> I'm pretty confident there are no other Clanky Lincolns in the world. Uh, you, you never know. Well, if there are, I'm sending them a cease and desist because there you go. Yeah. What do they spell it's it like? Close. Lincoln, like Lincoln Park. It's too close. Yeah, exactly. Their merch looks like mine. Clanky L I N K I M. That's right. That's right. There you go. Now, if they were that and a Lincoln Park tribute, okay. Ooh. I'll allow it. What about an old timey Lincoln Park tribute called the Clanky Lincolns? I think I think I need to do a set so like, now that so is like a Lincoln Park tribute. And... I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I think I think you guys just need to go ahead and just shift gears. Obviously. Uh, I mean obviously. obviously. So moral of the story is work on your branding, but uh, don't steal branding from other people. Yeah. Especially the when cool they thing, have all the money and you don't. Right. And the cool thing is, is that if you do it right, then you can, you can sell merch that is similar to them as a parody yeah. and not deal with, you know, trademark issues because you can be like, this is clearly a parody yeah. of the original. That's legally protected. So, it's called fair use. It's, it you is. will not get in trouble for that. That's how like bands can do like, Merch that looks like, you know, the PlayStation logo yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, the MTV logo in your case. Yeah. Um, if we're done talking about that, I want to just touch base about the shirts you created this last week. Yeah. Because it was Let's do it. It was genius. In a certain way, it was genius. And in a certain way, it's evil. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to just tell us what you did? So, okay. So um, a couple of months ago, we decided to, um, and by we, I mean me, mm. uh, the royal we. Yeah. Me and the mouse in my pocket. Yeah. Um, we decided to put together, initially it was going to be a benefit shirt uh, to help raise some money for a local charity. Um, and the idea was because we were in the middle of the pandemic um, to do something that kind of indicated that something weird was going on and, and but still had like an 80s vibe to it. So um, my idea was to take the Frankie Say Relax slash Choose Life aesthetic mm. for a t-shirt um, and use some 80s lyrics. So in that case, it was Don't Stand So Close to Me. Perfect. So um, we released that shirt and got a couple of bites, but not enough to to help the, the charity out. And so I ended up just donating money out of my pocket to those guys just to help them out. And then I was like, hey, I think I'm going to sell these on my own. And so we released one um, and, you know, they did fairly well. You know, for us, um, I bought a, a couple and I wear them all the time and, and, you know, some of the other guys in the band liked them. And then we, we sold them on, on our merch site and, uh, they moved and we put them on everything from, uh, t-shirts to, uh, to masks and, uh, everything in between. Good. And I liked the design. I liked the layout. I liked the way that it looked and thought there's probably more there. And I wanted to be able to, uh, continue that line outside of this particular moment that didn't feel so, I don't know, COVID-y, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So I opted to do a new design. Well, two new designs technically. Um, and so I released those this week. The first one that came out uh, was the similar layout, you know, same rough design as the don't stand so close to me. Uh, but instead it said just a small town girl. And uh, as soon as I posted them, you know, we got a lot of positive feedback and the wheels started turning. I was like, huh, I bet you there, there's an opportunity there. So I went ahead and, you know, I was in Pixelmator and I just duplicated the design yep. and changed the lyrics. Um, so I also released one. We 
the very next day that said just a city boy. Of course. And so now you have a his and hers version of the t-shirt. Um, posted that on our social media and like within five minutes we had our first sale. And say, say a little more about the details of that sale though. <laughs> <laughs> so that first sale was a pink just a small town girl shirt. Yep. And a blue just a city boy shirt. Yeah. And, yeah. and so the conversation we want... had was um do you think that just a small town <laughs> just a city boy shirt is ever going to get worn on its own if the just a city just a small town girl one is not being worn at the same time? Right. Um and I think the answer to that is no. Correct. Yeah. Um and I, you know, I don't want to divulge too much information, but the person who bought this uh, dual ensemble was, in fact, a woman. Yeah, no, yeah, imagine. So the um, uh, the upshot is we put some we put a relationship at risk here. Is that what it comes down to? There's like now a uh, t-shirt oriented um, cute thing happening, right? That um, may or may not be in a, some gentleman's plans. Consensual would be, I think the, <laughs> there you go. the question. There you go. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know if there was any sort of consultation that was made before this purchase was uh, completed. The, the point is we did some speculating when we saw that this order had happened. We, uh, we had an interesting chat about it on the, on the, uh, Facebook messenger. I think the, yes, the very famous cover band confidential back channel. That's right. That's right. We were all about, but, about know, this order of shirts. You know, I, I, I think if we, uh, I think we'll probably can continue down that line. Of course. Of, uh, oh no, you're going to sell, you're going to sell them like crazy. They're going to go like hotcakes. It's going to be amazing. And, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, young gentlemen are going to really love it. <laughs> I don't, you know, one of the things that I have always said about merch design is that it is very important to, uh, make sure that your, uh, merch is cool enough that you would wear it. And I, the, the thing that I, I told Dan, I was like, I think I just made something I wouldn't buy. Right. So. Right. Except as a matched set. Yep. But, you know, it, there was an opportunity there and, and it, it felt No, you like are going to make good, good money. Good money there. It's, I have no question. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, guys, I think that does it for this week. Um, I did want to say a couple of things uh, dealing with uh, just some housekeeping. Um, Last week, we had mentioned that we had gotten a very lovely review um, that was one star. And I just wanted to note uh, to the person who wrote that uh, they made it right. They deleted that review and then they sent a, a brand new review uh, that did give us five stars. So we are back to our perfect five star rating. Excellent. Um, the, let me see if I can pop this up real quick. Cause I do want to read it. It, it. It's different than the one that was before. So I figured it was worth totally. uh, sharing with you guys. Um, if you want to be featured on the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to leave us a review. Um, we've said it before, but you know, we don't get a lot of help from the old podcast uh, machine. Uh, so, uh, good reviews and five-star reviews help optimize our searchability and give us, uh, a little more, uh, juice around the area. Now I did, I, I don't know if you saw this, but, um, 
Sometime last week, we hit number 53 on the UK performing arts charts. I did not see that, but that's cool. So that that was, you know, that was completely unexpected, but that popped out of nowhere. Yeah. Here we go. Breath of Fresh Air 2 is what this one says. Five stars. Uh, by Reality Stop said, holy crap, guys. Clearly, I fat fingered the star view in my last <laughs> view. So freaking sorry. If I could figure out a way to edit the dang thing, I would. But you guys are five stars all day. Well, so big thanks to Reality Stop. Thank you, sir. For making it right. Yeah. We are currently sitting at 37 total reviews. And, you know, we could we could afford a few more. Sure. I think. So if you haven't done... Uh, is there room? There's room for more than that? Always room for more. Okay. And um, another thing I wanted to say is that we're still looking to uh, sweeten the pot a little bit for Songs for Kids Foundation. So if you are feeling generous and wanted to uh, donate to that, um, we are still taking that. I'd like to close that this week so that we can go ahead and give them some money. But uh wanted to give uh, anybody else, this is your last chance to uh, throw us a couple of bucks to give to Songs for Kids Foundation. So if you can, please do. We will provide the links in the show notes. With that said, I think that'll do it. I think so too. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. If you want to support us beyond the ways that we have talked about, Dan will tell you how to do some additional things as well. But for this week from Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I am Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 138. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash CoverBandConfidential, Instagram at CoverBandConfidential, and Twitter at CoverBandConfid. If you have any questions, please email us at CoverBandConfidential at gmail.com, and consider supporting us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash CoverBandConfidential. And for more info, check out www.CoverBandConfidential.com.